You folks are wonderful. I could take each and every one of you, sit down for an hour and just share, and we could hear you talk and share with you and fellowship. Isn't it great to be saved this morning? It's the Lord Jesus Christ that makes all the difference. Through these 35 years, we've seen every nationality, more than likely, that's in Milwaukee come to our church. It's like the United Nations on Sunday morning. And uh, what a blessing that is to have a church like that. Some people look down at that, but I admire that. And I thank God for the privilege of being just a little cog in the work of God that he has raised up. And I'm so thankful for each of you. And just everyone that got up and spoke and those that didn't. And as I look around and, and I think, oh, I wish I could just sit down. Some of you are, you see the crowd that's come in the last five years. Wow. Praise the Lord for you. And uh, thank God for Pastor and Mrs. Hoover and their work here. And it blesses Mrs. Hoover. Uh, I still refer to myself as pastor, but uh, I'm really an evangelist, a church planting evangelist across America. Somebody asked me this morning, have you gone across the ocean to the foreign field yet? Uh, Well, we've gone to a few foreign countries, but our focus is on reaching America. This church, when it was 10 years old, founded Inner City Baptist Missions, which focused on the major cities of planting a church in major cities across our nation. And now, because it's expanded in smaller towns, ask us to come and help. We've changed the name to Reaching America Baptist Partners. And we still uh, have a huge influence on major cities. But as I travel around this nation and, and so on, I'm so thankful for what we have to remember our past by this church right here. My dad would come home, evangelist Herb Hoover, and he would come back and he'd say, this is the best church in America. Now, he was, he was in a, well over a thousand different churches in his 21 years in evangelism, but he would always come home. He'd be such an encouragement to me in my younger days. Because the first 15 years, I wanted to quit every single day. Most of you didn't know that. But I wanted to quit every day, every, every day of the week. I mean, it was tough and hard and difficult. But the Lord was always with us. And so I pressed on. And uh, yet, praise the Lord, after 15 years, I got my heart right. And uh, I'm a slow learner. Should have had my heart right at the beginning. But, uh, and I said, finally, well, Lord, I'm willing to stay the rest of my life. And I fully intended to stay 50 years. But God blessed with 30, and I'm so thankful for those 30. But uh, I just wanted to make sure you knew that I'd love to sit down with each and every one of you. You're such, each and every one are such a blessing to me. I don't look at you as a, as a crowd, as a group. You're each an individual, especially to God. We're all individuals to God. We're a number to the government, but to God, he knows how many hairs on top of our heads. When I planted the church 35 years ago, I had hair, lots of it. And uh, I'd go to the barber and he'd say, boy, your hair is thick. And he said, "Uh, you're never going to go bald. Well, he wasn't much of a prophet, was he? And uh, so... But God knows us individually. He cares about us. He loves you today. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I didn't say church member, baptism, communion. None of that saves. But I simply say, if you do not know Jesus as your personal Savior from sin, 
He shed his precious blood and he wants to save you even today. We're always going to give an invitation for folks to come to Jesus. Isn't that great? Amen. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. I've been working on this message for weeks and weeks. And um, uh, so much to say. I determined, though, that I was going to go short this morning. Well, I guess I'm going to go short whether I like it or not. It is 10 minutes to 12. So we're going to move quickly. Amen? And uh, I'm not saying we'll be done by 12, but I'm going to do my best. And Pastor is going to baptize this morning. Is that right, Pastor? Wow, isn't that exciting? Folks getting saved and then following the Lord in believers' baptism. Notice the word believer in front of baptism, right? Believer's baptism. Isn't that exciting? Amen. Mark chapter 10 and verse number 45. Mark 10, 45, just one verse. And there'll be other verses, but quickly this morning. Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Notice those words, for even the Son of Man, that's the Lord Jesus, came not to be ministered unto. He, came, he didn't come here to planet earth for himself. But he came to serve, to minister to others. And to give his, what? Life. A ransom for many. We were all in the prison of the devil. Satan's prison. We were all chained because of our sin. But Jesus came to set us free from the prison of death. Our God is pro-life. Our God is pro-life. Satan is the author of death, but our God is the God of life. Isn't that exciting? Our God is alive. Let's pray. Father, bless now we pray. Lord, I thank you so much. My heart is full And we've heard from your people, and just their presence just blesses us today. Just them coming to be with us. And Lord, we think of many who got saved. Lord, we think of all the different locations that this church has been at. And we think of every single one was another neighborhood to reach with the gospel. We thank you for that. I pray for Milwaukee and the metro area here today, in the state of Wisconsin, our great United States, and our world. We know, Lord, you're going to come soon. So help us, first of all, to know you as Savior. Not be religious, but born of the Spirit of God from above. And Lord, help us then, after we're saved, to grow in grace. We've seen so many grow and go forward in their Christian life. And Lord, I thank you for that. But Lord, then help us to get strong in the Lord. Help us to long for you to return and for us to be with you forever. Help us to be ready. Lord, I think of those who are saved but are living in the flesh and thirsting after this old world. It's a, it's a hopeless old world. And Lord, it's a rope of sand. We're holding on to nothing. Help us to quit running and chasing after this world and live for that which is eternal. And help us to live for you and to love you and to walk with you and to dwell with you and to commune with you. Help us to have our whole life wrapped around Jesus. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus, for loving us and dying for us and giving your all. But thank you, Lord, for arising from the dead. We thank you that you're alive today. 
And in John chapter 14, you said, let not your heart be troubled. Do you believe in God? Believe also in me and my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. We're so thankful, God, that you're not just leaving us down here. But one day there will be a family reunion of all family reunions. That reunion of the family of God in glory. And what a day of rejoicing that will be. Help us now and bless this message this morning. And stir our hearts and bless us through your word. We pray that you would help us to realize it's only your word that does not return void. We can talk about everything under the sun, but it's your word that's going to last, and it's going to be blessed. So help us to always preach your word and stand upon your word. Help us when the temptation is to waver and to change and to go and follow the world. Instead, Lord, help us to stand. Help us to stand upon the word of God. Help us not to change the word of God. Help us not to change our stand. Help us to not waver in our trust and walk with you. Help us not to move Uh, as the devil wants us to follow the world and to be influenced by even churches that are moving and changing. Help us to stand upon the blessed word of God. Help us to love you and help us in these days in which we live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Somebody asked me, in fact, this is not evangelistically speaking. You know, some preachers speak evangelistically, you know, it, it gets a little bit bigger maybe than it is. This is not. Hundreds have asked me through the years, where in the world did you get that name, Souls Harbor? I like that name, people say to me. Oh, I like the name of your church. And, uh, and it all started when I was 18 years old. I was in Bible college on a Wednesday night in a local church where our Bible college was located, going to church. I had a preacher boy on one side, a preacher boy on the other side, three preacher boys, friends, in Bible college, freshman year, 18 years old. And we were writing down our dreams for our future. One on the right, I could name his name. He did become an evangelist. He wrote down, I want to be an evangelist. God, God providing, make me your evangelist, and I want to be an itinerant evangelist. That means you travel from church to church, to place to place, preaching the gospel. On the other side was another preacher boy. I can name his name. And he said, he wrote down, I want to be a Christian school principal. And I want to serve God and see boys and girls and teenagers influence uh, in their high school and junior high and grade school years. That's him. I was in the middle and I wrote down, God help me. By your grace, help me someday to plant a church called Souls Harbor. I wrote those words down. Souls Harbor Baptist Church. And I said, Lord, help me. I want to go to San Francisco and plant a church by the name of Souls Harbor. Now, everything else happened except the city, okay? I never made it to San Francisco. I'm, I'm from California. I have a burden for the Bay Area. But that was home to me. But God never opened up that door. Now, by the way, San Francisco is a huge, needy, needy city. And I've done surveys of 35 Surveys of 35 cities in America, and, and that city is a great, great, needy place. But God led us to Milwaukee, and I'm so thankful. 1986, June the 1st, 
For many of you that were there that day, and what a blessing you were and still are and see you faithful. But let's get into the word this morning. Souls Harbor has always proclaimed, preached, and practiced a living God and Savior. While churches all over have changed, while churches have lost their message, while churches have changed the Bible, while churches have gone away from the Bible, while churches have stopped preaching the Bible, uh, we have sought by God's grace, and it's only God, and give him all the glory, to stand upon the word of God. But our message is still the same. A message to the lost that there is a Savior for the city, a Savior for the state, a Savior for the nation, a Savior for the world, lost in sin and degradation. We have seen the Lord over and over save old sinners. I'm so thankful for the souls that have been saved. And over and over, that's been because we have a living Savior. He's not dead. He he doesn't need help. He's not old and crotchety. He's alive and well. Praise God for our living Savior. And you know, by the way, it's always been popular here at Souls Harbor to say amen. So don't be bothered if you feel like saying amen. Man, I wanted, to, I wanted to jump up and down several times back there listening to you folks and your testimonies and that great music this morning. And uh, I, I, I kept myself quiet, but now I'm letting it out. Amen? And so we've had a living Savior, a living Savior. You know, people love that name, Souls Harbor. What does that mean? A harbor of the soul. And who is the harbor of the soul? The Lord Jesus Christ. This whole church has been for ever trying to point, I don't know, sometimes we may have let down, but from really our heart, we've been trying to point towards the Lord Jesus Christ and say, he's the Savior, he's alive, he's well, he cares, and he is the harbor of the soul. Now, how can we say that this morning? Number one, because he is an everlasting living Savior. Forever, he's always been. He didn't just happen. He's always been. I know our finite brains have a hard time with that. But God is infinite. He always has been. He's the only begotten of the Father. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He's an everlasting living Savior. He gave his life, Mark 10, 45 says right here, for even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his what? A life. Give his life a ransom for many. He was the perfect sinless Savior. I think of uh, some words here I'd like to share with you this morning. What about this Savior? What kind of a Savior is he? I say this morning, oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a Savior. Once I was straying. In sin's dark valley, no hope within could I see. Then came the Savior, the blessed Savior, to save a poor lost soul like me. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, hallelujah. His heart was broken on Calvary. His hands were nail scarred. His side was riven. He gave his blood for even me. Oh, what a Savior. A living Savior. He's alive and well this morning. He is sinless. He bore our sin in his body. His father had to turn aside because in his body he was bearing all the world's sins. His father couldn't stand to look upon his son. 
Jesus cried, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But he stayed on that cross, amen? He stayed faithful. And my Christian brother and sister, when you and I want to quit, let's be faithful. He stayed faithful. May we keep our eyes fixed on him. May we stay faithful, amen? He was the only one who could satisfy the Heavenly Father's requirement for that sin debt to be paid. He was the only one. They looked and looked, but he was the only one that was perfect and sinless and could give his precious blood, sinless blood on Calvary's tree. Satan brought death, but God brought new life. Isn't that great? Satan is a liar, friends. Satan's always talking to every believer. He's saying, you're, you're not saved. Look at you. You just sin. You're not saved. That's the devil's work, by the way. He talks to the believer that way. He tells the saved. Oh, you're just as good as anybody else. You're fine. You don't need to get saved. You're just fine. That's the devil's work. He's a liar, friend. He is the father of all lies. But our God is the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. So you ask me, if Satan brought death and God brought life, how do you know? Think of this great old song. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer in just the time I need him. He's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Amen. Then secondly, how do we know that our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, is truly alive today and is the living Savior? First of all, he's everlasting life. Secondly, he is eternally alive. He's always been alive. He's always been. He's presently alive and he always will be. He's past, present, and future. He's such a great and wonderful God. I think of Philippians chapter 2, <clears throat> Philippians 2, verses 6 through 8. Uh, familiar to you, but let me read it. Philippians 2, 6. <clears throat> Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, remember in verse number six there, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God because he was God. He is God. He was, he is, and he will be. Past, present, future. He's always been the eternal living God. Thank God for that. He is the essence of life. Through creation, all things were created. He spoke them into being. He's always been the essence of life. We are surrounded today by death. Everywhere you look, death, dying. All the work of sin and Satan. But in the midst of that, here this morning, at this corner, 3800 South Howell Avenue, for years at 12th and Juno, and then before that at 3722 West Lisbon, and before that at 17th and Highland at McLeod, uh, McDowell School, and then before that 
at 13th in Juneau. And before that, for six months, at 133rd in Capitol Drive in Brookfield. What an amazing, amazing trip. Amen? But in the midst of all that, every time we move, not because we're so special, not because I am. It's not, you know, we've heard a lot about Hoover's today. I felt, my goodness, we have a lot of vacuums going on here. And all Hoover this, Hoover that. But praise God, it's not about us. It's about and always has been about the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, give him glory. Give him praise. Shout aloud and say, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, what a Savior. He's a living Savior, everlasting life, eternally alive. He brings hope through his wonderful death, sorrow, and hopelessness. But because he arose, we have hope today. Listen to these these precious words. You know them, most of you. But listen, how sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the pride and joy that he gives. Oh, but greater still, the calm assurance we can face uncertain days because he lives. Amen. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth living just because he lives. And then one day I'll cross that river. I'll Fight life's final war with pain. And then as death gives way to victory, I'll see the lights of glory. And I'll know he reigns because he lives. I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because he lives, I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Why can we say we have a living Savior? Because he is everlasting life himself. Because, secondly, he's eternally alive. And last of all this morning, because he has banished death. He has banished death. He told death, get lost. Get lost, Satan. Goodbye. 1 Corinthians 15, 55. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. Victory. Somebody came up to me a while back and said, yeah, I know that Baptist, what do they call it? (laughs) I know that Baptist song, the Baptist favorite song, the Baptist theme song. And I'm thinking, "Hmm, this should be interesting. What is the Baptist theme song? They said, victory in Jesus. Amen. That's a good song. I'll take that. Oh, victory in Jesus. I don't know why it's the Baptist theme song, but it should be every Christian's theme song. Amen. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He bought me. Praise God for that. He banished death. Look at that. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He has banished death. 
because of man's disobedience, death came upon all men and all mankind, and all the earth was affected, by the way. Romans 5, 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. For that death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. But you know what? That was a sad day when Adam and Eve fell into sin. But our God determined, I'm going to win them back. I'm going to provide a way back from their hopeless estate. I said, in the day that thou eatest, in other words, you disobey, in the day that thou eatest, thou will surely die. Thou shalt surely die. And immediately, their human flesh began to decay. It began to die. And spiritually, they were dead. Boom. And it took that wonderful living Savior to come down here from heaven and to give his life on the old cross of Calvary and to hang there. Father, he cried, forgive them for they know not what they do. As they chanted, crucify him, crucify him. And they did all those terrible things to our Savior. And you and I, by the way, were there that day. Oh, you say, I wasn't there. He paid our sin debt. It was just as if we were there. He died on that old rugged cross for you and for me. But Jesus brought life over death. Through his death, burial, and resurrection, he brought life back. He also brought light into the world that was dark. People groping around like they are this morning. Groping around. Is there any hope? Is there any hope? Is there a way out? Yes, there is. It's not religion. It's not churchanity. But it's coming to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Oh, my friends, today he loves you. He's the light of the world. If you knew him like I know him, you would know he's alive. By the way, years ago, <coughs> back at Pilgrim Baptist, my father came as a pastor, the pastor, in 1975. I was 19 years old by that time. And he came as pastor of the Pilgrim Baptist Church at 88th and Burleigh on the north side. And uh, 17 old world Germans greeted him. 17 in Sunday school. Praise God for them. They had enough vision to call my dad to be their pastor, but everything changed. They said, Pastor, everybody in Milwaukee's already heard. But he said, well, just in case, let's still knock on every door. We might find somebody that's never heard the gospel. (laughs) Of course, they were wrong. Milwaukee had not heard. They said, well, we we have radio, Christian radio in Milwaukee. Everybody's heard. He said, let's buy a bus and go and go door to door and tell people about Jesus and invite them to ride the bus to Sunday school and church. Oh, praise God for that. Some of you are here this morning because of that bus ministry. Praise God for that. Well, you're here because of Jesus. But the bus got you to the place so you could hear in a, in a great group about Jesus. And so quickly, quickly, I was working on those buses and uh, 
I had worked and worked on several of those families. And uh, they'd say, oh, we'll be there on Sunday. We'll, be th- we'll ride the bus on Sunday. And we'd get there on Sunday morning to pick them up and deader than a door now. You know. I mean, there was not a sound. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care. You know, but no one was moving. Guess what happened? I would go back after weeks of that and I'd tell my dad, Dad, I'm so tired of going to those same folks over there over and over every Saturday and then telling me we're going to be up and riding the bus to church and they don't even have the decency to at least answer the door and say we're not coming. He said, son, first I said, I, I'm done. I'm not going to that house anymore. I'm done. He said, son, where there's life, there's hope. And I have never forgotten that. You just keep on going. And they keep slamming the door on Jesus. And they keep turning away from Jesus. But you don't give up. You just keep going. Keep going. If you knew him like I know him, I think many of you do. Listen to this. I walked by the tomb of Buddha, looked inside and saw his bones, traveled on to see Muhammad, still wrapped up in his grave clothes. Then I journeyed to a garden where old Joseph left him lay. The precious lamb, God's only begotten, was no longer in that grave. If you knew him like I know him, you would know that he's alive. If you felt him like I feel him, resurrection, deep inside, you know he's living and death has died. If you're wandering in the darkness, come and step into the light. Nails, scarred hands reach out to help you and to pull you safe from death to life. Friend, I too have stood where you stand. Could I trust in things unseen? But just one step in his direction, then in love he ran to me. If you knew him like I know him, you would know that he's alive. If you felt him like I feel him, resurrection deep inside, you know that he is living and death has died. Oh, I've got to close. I'm so thankful for your patience this morning. Listen, as I wrap this up, he banished death. Where there's life, there's hope. Praise God for that. He told death, get lost. I'm going to provide a way for man's escape. I'm going to provide a way for a for man to come from death to life, I'm going to provide a way. I'm going to send my only begotten son. He's going to go to an old rugged cross and he's going to die for this whole world. Well, the world proclaims today God is dead. But I'm here to say our God is alive. There is a fountain filled with Emmanuel's veins drawn from Emmanuel's veins. There is a fountain filled with blood, excuse me, drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. Lose all their guilty stains, lose all their guilty stains. And sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilting, guilty stains. There is the fountain filled with blood. There's the dying thief rejoicing to see that fountain in his day. There's the dying lamb, thy precious blood shall never lose its power. Ere since by faith I saw the stream, thy flowing wounds supply. Redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die. Then in a nobler, sweeter song, I'll sing thy power to save. 
When this poor lisping, stammering tongue lies silent in the grave, lies silent in the grave, lies silent in the grave. When this poor lisping, stammering tongue lies silent in the grave, don't ever forget, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all, A-L-L, their guilty stains. It's been called many things through the years. Pastor Hoover, Mrs. Hoover, and many of you folks have developed a beautiful murals. It's just amazing, the new library. He said I could come over at 9.15 last night and see it. It's been off limits. I hadn't been in the building all weekend since I've been here, since Thursday. Can't come over. We're working on the place. Okay. But I got to come over and be blessed so much last night to see the murals, the history of the church. What a beautiful setting. It's been called many things. He has it listed, all the different logos and slogans we use through the years. The old lighthouse, it's been called. I'd like to say not only the old lighthouse, but the old life house. Amen? John 14, 6. The Bible stands. The church of Jesus Christ stands. The world that is constantly changing is changing, but Christians need to stand. Paul said, having done all, having done all, stand. We serve a living Savior. The message of this place has always been, our God is alive. Back in the 60s, I told this recently to you when I preached a few weeks ago. Back in the 60s, riding with my parents in the car through University of California campus, Berkeley. It was crazy back then. No wonder it's like it is today. It was crazy in 1964 when we drove through that campus. And I'll never forget seeing a bumper sticker on the back of a car that said, God is dead. You see... You keep on teaching that, proclaiming that, living that. It only leads to hopelessness and despair. People just hopeless, desperate, lost. And God loves them so much. And he keeps reaching out to them. And they keep ignoring him. They keep turning away from him. Then I saw a bumper sticker that said, My God is alive. Sorry about yours. You see, the bumper sticker that says, your God is dead or God is dead, doesn't give any hope. Our God is alive this morning. Not because we say he's alive, not because we we have come up with some uh, slogan or or we we just have a, 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 a superiority conflict. Our God is alive. No. We're here humbly saying, I was saved. I was lost in sin. I was hopeless and undone. And Jesus reached down. And I reached up and took his hand and asked him, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sin and save me. That's our message today. Our God is alive. He is a God of pro-life. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you now for this morning. Lord, we've gone long. But we thank you for the time that we've had here in this pulpit. Thank you for all the years. Thank you for what you've done. Oh, one day it will be wonderful. It will be wonderful as we stand before you. Help us to keep pressing on. Help us to bring many with us. Help us to bring and influence many. 
Well, Lord, I thank you for using us. And Lord, I pray for these dear people that they will also work and pray as a family. Lord, make us a family that is faithful to bring and to love souls. Help us to have an eternal influence in our lives, in our family. Help us, we pray. Help us, Lord, to seek to seek to love this world for Jesus. You've loved us so much. Help us to impart the love of Christ. Help us to stand upon the blessed word of God. When many are changing, many are going with the flow. Help us, Lord. Oh, God, help us to stand for that which is true. Forgive us. Lord, there's not a one of us that's perfect. But I thank you for loving us and saving us. And help us to live for you and to make a difference. And not just be Sunday morning Christians. Help us to have a heart to live for Jesus all week long. Seven days a week. Help that to be the theme of our homes. Help our homes, Lord. There's not a perfect parent here. But help us to be thankful for our parents and to love our parents and to obey our parents and to live uh, with them in the light of his glory and grace. And then I pray for each child today. Help us as uh, Lord children to be godly children. Help us to want to have a life that's free from the past of sin. Help us to be free of the flesh and help us, Lord, to have victory in our lives as children. Thank you for the challenge that you gave the Apostle Paul as he spoke to young Timothy. May that be our challenge as young people uh, and help us as, as young Timothys to live our lives free from sin and help us to be pure and clean. Help us to stand at that wedding altar right and pure and godly and pleasing to you. And I pray that you'll just bless in so many ways in people's lives. Lord, if there be somebody here today that's not saved, help them to get saved. And then I pray for us that are Christians. Lord, maybe there's something in our lives and you've convicted us. And Lord, we can turn a deaf ear, but that's dangerous. That's dangerous. Sin begets sin, and we can get cold and hard in our sin, even as Christians. Oh, God, send a great revival. We need a great revival. Oh, God, speak to us. Help us to come to this altar this morning. And just between us and you, just cry out to you. And, Lord, it's a private prayer. It's a time of of dealing with things in our life and with you. I pray for Christians to come and feel free to come this morning. Uh, Come to the middle aisle and make their way, and outside aisle, make their way here to the altar this morning. And then for us that know you, Lord, help us today to really have a tender heart, a heart that says, Lord, is there anything in my life between you and me. And then, Lord, I pray that you'll bless this lost. Help them to feel free to come and just come and say, I- I'm not saved. I'm not sure I'm saved. Can you help me today? Can you help me today? Oh, Lord, we know we can help them because you helped us and we have the word of God. Bless in this invitation in Jesus' name. Just before I say amen, let's stand to our feet all across the room. Standing to your feet all across the room. <clears throat> there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Ask God to prepare your heart right now as I say amen. Ask God to work in your heart right now. Father, bless now. Pray for those that need Jesus as their Savior. And then those who are saved, help them both. Help us both to come and deal with things at the old-fashioned altar. And let you know our need and know that we can meet you here and find the help. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. The altar is open. Heads are bowed. I'll meet you here at the front.